Hey friends, this is Pastor Brian Worth. Thanks for listening to my latest sermon. Get more of my teachings on YouTube at Chapel of Change TV and tune in every Sunday on the radio on 99.5 FM for fresh hope. God is good all the time. Well, we welcome everybody to our 10 a.m. service here at our Paramount location, and we believe the Lord has a word for you, and we believe that God is already moving in your heart. Uh, the Bible teaches that no man comes to the Father except the Lord draw him, lest the Spirit draw him. And so you're not here by chance or happenstance. You are here uh, by the work of the Lord. How many believe that? Amen. Uh, before we get into the word this morning, we want to uh, pray over a couple of our uh, pastors. Uh, let's call up Pastor Fal, Pastor Fal and Baye. Come on up to the front. Give it up to Pastor uh, Fal and Baye. Uh, Pastor Fowl and Baye have been leading our host team here since the beginning of the pandemic, and they've been doing an excellent job. Come on, somebody. And they have recently accepted a new assignment within Chapel of Change, and they are going to be going to our Long Beach campus to help build up the work over there. Uh, we actually have a Long Beach campus on Long Beach Boulevard. They meet every Sunday at 11.15 and Tuesdays for midweek service. And so we're so grateful for their hearts that they're willing to go where the Lord calls them to go and build up the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. And so um, we want to we bless you out. Not out, but because you're not going out nowhere. But um, we want to bless your transition. As you accept this new assignment for the kingdom of God. And we love you both and appreciate your work in the Lord. And we want to present them with this uh, gift. Amen. Come on, somebody. So this is going to be their last Sunday here at our Paramount campus. But not their last Sunday at Chapel of Change. Y'all understand that? Because communication is complex. Some of y'all are going to misunderstand. They are not leaving Chapel of Change. They just accepted a new assignment at the Long Beach campus. And so we want to pray a blessing over them. Lift up your hands to these servants of the Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for Pastor Faye and we thank you for Pastor Fowl. We thank you for their commitment to your work, commitment to your gospel, Lord God. Father, as they transition to a new assignment, we pray a blessing over them. We pray fresh anointing over them. We pray that you speak to them clearly and, and, and new, Father God, in Jesus' name. Strengthen their soul, strengthen their mind, and strengthen their body, Lord God, in Jesus' name. We pray a blessing over them in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone says, amen, amen. We'll see you. We'll see you next Sunday. Don't leave yet. Service not over. If you have your Bibles, uh, let's turn to the book of James chapter 5, the book of James chapter 5, and we are going to be looking at verses 13 through 18 uh, this morning. As you turn into James chapter 5, I just want to praise the Lord because a couple months ago, the church invested about $25,000 in building a media studio uh, so that we could impact the digital world with the fresh hope of the gospel. And I want to celebrate that recently we've been releasing podcasts, interviews with uh, various Christians. And um, the, the actual goal is that there's a lot of powerful stories within Chapel of Change and to highlight people what God has done in people's lives. And so uh, if you have not been checking out those podcasts, go to our YouTube page uh, and check them out. But I want to praise God because our latest podcast uh, has been our fastest growing podcast with over 6,000 views in about three days. Come on, somebody, let's praise the Lord. We're babies to this, new to this, but I just want to let you know that your, your investment is bearing fruit. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing to see. When you invest in the kingdom of God, sometimes you don't see the fruit for, sometimes you ain't going to see your, the fruit on your investment until you get to heaven. So when you see it right now, within a matter of days, you got to praise the Lord. You got to thank God that this is fertile ground. This is good ground for the kingdom of God. Someone shout amen. Well, as you know, 
all month long, we are studying on the weekends uh, on the subject of prayer. Uh, the month of October is our church's birthday month, and every year uh, we commit October to prayer, to studying prayer, to learning about prayer. And then we even launched over 40 prayer stations throughout the week in the month of October. I mean, we had prayer stations in the park. We had prayer stations online. We had prayer stations at people's homes. We had prayer stations at the church. I'm excited to see what God is going to do because I, I think if you pray, this much, God is going to do something. If you commit this to this level of prayer, man, I'm, I, I'm looking, I'm expecting, I'm expecting, I don't, I'm excited for what God is going to do in November and December because you cannot be committed to prayer like this and not God show up. Anybody agree with that? So I'm excited as we look to the next month, couple months, as we close out this year, uh, we want to close out this year strong. We've got about two more months in this year, thank God, amen, the Lord has been moving us through this year, and we're seeing the Lord move uh, amongst us in different ways. Anybody was at our revival last week? Over 1,400 people came to our revival. We had our youth, very first youth conference, amen. Our tent revival was off the hook. People were delivered from demons and who knows what else they were delivered from. And so we're still getting in the reports and the stories of how God touched people's lives. And so we want to end this year strong so that God willing, if the Lord tarries, that we bust 2023 wide open. Anybody want to bust 2023 wide open? Like, we don't want to crawl into 2023. We don't want to crawl into 2023. We want to run into 2023. Some of us want to do some backflips into 2023. Come on, somebody. And, and the way that we're going to do that is if we end this year strong. So I encourage you to press in. Press in, press in. Grab your family, press in. Grab your spouse, press in. If your spouse don't want to cooperate, press in anyways, amen? If you got little kids, put them on your shoulders and press into the kingdom of God. Someone shout amen. So today we're going to be learning from James uh, on the subject of effective prayer. Effective prayer. And this is James who was the brother of Jesus. He was the younger brother of Jesus. And I was thinking about James and how he was uh, the brother of Jesus. And I was imagining how, wow, can you imagine how much pressure it would be to be growing up as, as Jesus' brother? Can you imagine the pressure? Can you imagine... How many times someone would say to James, James, why don't you be like Jesus? Why can't you be like your brother? And it was interesting, when you study about James, the author of this letter, um, scholars believe because of the biblical record that he did not believe Jesus was the Christ until Jesus died and resurrected from the grave. So all along... While Jesus was doing the will of the Father on earth, all along while Jesus was preaching the gospel, all along while Jesus was feeding the poor and doing the will of the Father, his brother did not believe in him. And, and you know what? As I think about that, I, I, can't, I, 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 can't, I can't hate on James for that because who's going to believe their brother is the Christ? <laughs> think about that. And what if your sister just popped up one day and said, I'm the Christ? You'd be like, no, you're not. So, but it's fascinating when you think about it from Jesus's perspective, he did the will of the father, even though his family did not believe in who he was. Think about that. He did the will of the father. He, he continued to pursue the will of the father, even though his brother did not believe in him. Even when you study the biblical record, Jesus' hometown did not believe that he was who he said he was. So all throughout his ministry, Jesus served the Father while many people did not believe in who he was. Now, now, now that should be, that, 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 as I think about that, that's a bit of an encouragement to us because some of us are serving the Lord and our, our, our families are not believers. Your spouse may not be a believer. Your, your friend may not not be a believer but the good news is eventually James surrendered his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ 
Eventually, James, because he saw the power of the resurrection, he, he surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm believing that even though some of your family or even your spouse are not believers, as you serve the Lord and as the Lord sh shows up in your life, eventually they're going to see the power of God displayed in your life. And like James, they may be late bloomers, but they will surrender to the Lord. Someone shout amen. So James, um, he was a man who believed in the power of prayer. Uh, he, tradition teaches that James kneeled so long in prayer that his knees began to form calluses and he became known as the man with camel knees. James was known as Camel Knees James because he prayed so long on his knees and he built up calluses on his knees. And tradition teaches us that eventually he was persecuted for his faith. He was stoned to death because of his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But before he died, um, the Holy Spirit used him to write this letter to the church. So I want us to turn to James chapter 5, verse 13 through 18. I'm going to read it, and I may comment on a couple words, but then we'll jump into our main reflections for, for this morning. So here's verse 13. It says, is any among you in trouble? Someone say trouble. That word means difficulty. It means trials. It says, if anyone is among you in trouble, let them pray. Someone say pray. Someone say pray. So notice your first response to trouble should not be to complain. Your first response to trouble should not be to gripe. Your first response to trouble should be to pray. Someone say pray. It says, if anyone is happy, let him sing songs of praise. Is any among you sick? Someone say sick. That word sick, it doesn't just mean physical illness, although it includes it, uh, but it also means to be weak, to be weary, to grow tired in your body and in your mind. How many of you know the world uh, kind of can drain you of your strength at times? How many of you know the world, we're like, you serving the Lord, you're going against the grain of society. You're going against the grain. I've shared this before, but you need to understand that the moment you walk out of this church, there is an invisible spiritual blob pressing against your spiritual life. And a spiritual and invisible blob pressing against your spiritual life. And sometimes it gets draining. Sometimes it's tiring. Come on, somebody say Amen. So he says, if anyone is among you sick, let them call of the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well, and the Lord will raise them up. That, word, that phrase, raise them up, means to resuscitate them. It means to energize them. Uh, it means to resuscitate them. How many know that prayer is a form of CPR to your soul? Prayer is a form of CPR to your soul. Prayer energizes your soul. Prayer can resuscitate your mind and resuscitate your soul. Are you weary? Pray. Are you tired? Pray. Are you discouraged? Pray. Because prayer is a form of CPR to your soul. Someone shout amen. It says, if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray. There goes that word again. For each other. Notice that phrase, pray for each other. Pray for each other. I want, I want you to catch that. Pray for each other. It doesn't say complain about one another. It says pray for each other. So that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Verse 17, Elijah was a human being even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Verse 18 is the last verse. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Now today, I want us to focus particularly on one verse, which is verse 16, and I'm going to read it again in the New Living Translation. Listen to how it reads. It says, the earnest prayer 
of a righteous person has great power. Someone say great power. Great power and produces wonderful results. Wow, that's beautiful. How many want wonderful results in your life? How many, got, how many want God to do something wonderful in your life? So as we think about the subject of effective prayer, um, we, we, I believe, we want our prayers to produce results. We want our prayers uh, to affect things. By the way, that word effective means to cause something to happen. It means to produce results. It means superhuman power. When we talk about effective, it means to cause something to happen. Like we want our prayers to cause something to happen. Uh, it means to produce results. We want our prayers to produce results. It means superhuman power. I like that, that we have superhuman power available to us, and it comes by means of prayer. I think that's why the old folks used to say, little prayer, little power. Much prayer, much power. So prayer brings superhuman power, and we need our prayers to work. Anybody agree with that? We need our prayers to work, and I'm realizing that more and more. Uh, I was sharing this with the Whittier campus last night, that I'm realizing more and more that we need our prayers to work because the world is getting darker and darker. The world is getting darker and darker. The world is not going to get better. If you're waiting for the world to get better, you're going to wait a long time. The world is getting darker and darker. But the good news is, as you serve the Lord, your life is going to get brighter and brighter. Did you catch that? Even though the world is getting darker and darker, as you serve the Lord, as you pray, as you witness, as you evangelize, as you obey God's word for your life, your life, your marriage, your family is going to get brighter and brighter. So you have these two things happening at the same time. The world is getting darker and darker, but you're getting brighter and brighter. And so we need to be, we need to be uh, aware because as the world gets darker and darker, but you get brighter and brighter, eventually the world is going to call upon you for help. Eventually the world is going to look at your life and they're going to say, man, I need what you have. Eventually the world is going to stumble in their darkness and they're going to say, man, uh, that family down there is bright. We need them to come and pray for us or we need them to come and help us out. And we need to be able to come in power. We need to be able to come in the spirit of God. We need to be able to come producing results. We need to be able to come with our prayers being answered. Listen, I'm realizing this more and more that people are calling us up. Help us, pray for us, deliver, uh, deliver us, and we better show up with power. We better show up with the dynamite stick of the Holy Ghost because they're going to call on you, and you ain't going to have time to run to the altar. You're not going to have time to call somebody up. You're going to have to go in the spirit of the Lord and in the authority in the name of Jesus. Someone shout amen. So as we study this morning on the subject, what is effective prayer? What does effective prayer look like? Let me give us some answers to that rooted in James chapter 5. Number one, effective prayer is a practice. Effective prayer is a practice. Now, as I read the passage of Scripture this morning, I noticed that the word prayer is used over and over and over again in this passage of Scripture. In fact, the word prayer is used every, in every verse of this passage of Scripture. Seven times, seven times the word prayer is used in this passage of Scripture. And many kinds of prayers are named in this short passage of Scripture. There's prayer for the sick. There's prayer for forgiveness. There's prayer for the nations. There's even prayer for uh, the weather. Prayer for the weather. So when you, when, you, when you read this passage and you see the word prayer used over and over again and you see it identifies different types of prayer, prayer for the sick, prayer for forgiveness, prayer for the nations, prayer for the weather, it speaks of being a, a, a practice of God's people. It speaks of prayer being a practice of God's people. It speaks of prayer being a lifestyle of God's people. Are you following along? 
It speaks of prayer being part of the DNA of the followers of Jesus Christ. Are there any followers of Jesus Christ in the house this morning? Any followers of the Jesus Christ in the house this morning? Well, we need to understand that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are to be a God-dependent community uh, of praying believers. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are to be a God-dependent community of praying believers. In fact, the word prayer here in verse 13, when it says, if anybody is in trouble, let them pray, uh, it actually suggests a continual pleading with God. A continual pleading with God. And it could be translated, let him keep on praying. Let him keep on praying. In other words, you don't just pray one time. You're continuously praying. It's a lifestyle. You pray before the trouble. You pray during the trouble. And you pray after the trouble. You don't just pray when you're in trouble. Hello, somebody. See, if you just pray when you're in trouble, you're, ju you're, you're just trying to use God. If you're just trying to pray, if you just pray when you're in trouble, you're just trying to use God. We ought to be praying before the trouble, during the trouble, and after the trouble so that that prayer muscle is already in use. If you never strengthen your prayer muscle, it's not going to be ready to, to work when you really need it. Is anybody following along? So prayer is to be a lifestyle for the people of God. It is not something that we do every once in a while. It'd be, it should be in our DNA. We ought to be praying throughout the, throughout the day. We ought to never actually, we should never actually hang up on God. You should always be in contact with the Lord God Almighty. Just, can someone say amen to that? So number one, effective prayer is a practice but then secondly, effective prayer is in the name of the Lord. Effective prayer is in the name of the Lord. Verse 14 says, let them call on the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil. Get this, in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Now I've done an extensive Bible study on the power invested uh, in the name of Jesus. You could watch it online, but I want to just remind you of some revelation about the power of that name. And I want to remind us that Jesus has invited us. Jesus even urges us and even commands us to pray in his name. Jesus urges us, he commands us, he invites us to pray in his name. And he promises that if we use his name, we could expect wonderful results. He taught us that there's power in his name. The Bible teaches us that there's power in the name of Jesus. In fact, the devils were powerless because of his name. The demons were cast out because of his name. Healing occurred uh, in his name. Salvation comes in his name. We are justified in the name of Jesus. And we are to do and say everything in the name of Jesus. Something about that name, Jesus. In Luke chapter 10, verse 17, just listen to this. Uh, the disciples said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Even the demons submit to us. In your name. Was anybody here last Friday night? Demons were casted out. People were delivered. Joy was established in the heart of people. Why and how? It was in the name of Jesus. Mark 16, 17. Just listen to this. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Any believers in the house? It says, in my name, in my name, they will drive out demons. In my name, they will drive out demons, not counsel demons, not hang out with demons, but drive out demons. In Acts 3, 16, it says, through faith in the name of Jesus, the man was healed. Through faith in the name of Jesus, the man was healed. In 1 Corinthians 6, 11, it says, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's power in that name. There's power in that name. And then Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. 
Like if you want to give a if you want to give a test on whether or not your actions uh, are acceptable to the Lord or your speech is acceptable to the Lord, uh, give it the name of Jesus. Test. Can you say that in the name of Jesus? Can you do that in the name of Jesus? If you can't say that in the name of Jesus, it's not acceptable to the name of Jesus. If you can't do that in the name of Jesus, it's not acceptable to the Lord Jesus. Someone shout amen. Now, as it relates to praying in his name, again, Jesus invites us, he urges us, he commands us to pray in his name, and he has promised us incredible results. Several places, particularly in John chapter 14, verse 13 through 14, listen to what Jesus says. He says, I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything, get this, in my name, and I will do it. In John chapter 16, verse 23, Jesus said, In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Verily, truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. My brothers and sisters, we need to realize that whenever we go to pray for somebody in the name of Jesus, we are literally taking the place of Jesus for that place and space of time. That even though Jesus is in heaven, he has given us delegated authority to use his name. And every time you call upon that name, all of heaven stands at at attention and all of hell uh, shakes and trembles at the name. That you can use that name and you represent the Lord Jesus Christ here on earth whenever you call upon that mighty name of Jesus. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be timid because it's not your power. It's not your holiness. It's the power of the living God working through you. Someone shout amen. Amen. Prayer in the name of Jesus. You represent Jesus. Effective prayer is done in his name. Number three. Effective prayer is faith-filled. Faith-filled. I get that from verse 15. It says, and the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. If you have your Bible, circle that two words, in faith. In faith. In faith. Not fear, not doubt, but in faith. And I want to remind us that we need to approach God in faith. I want to remind us that faith gets the attention of God. Faith gets the attention of God. Do you remember the woman with the issue of blood? She was sick in her body, and she touched Jesus, but she was not the only one to touch Jesus. There was a multitude that touched Jesus, but she was the only one to get her healing that day. And the Bible teaches that she said to herself, if I just touch his hymn, I would be made whole. And the moment she touched Jesus, the Bible teaches that power was released from Jesus. She activated the power of God. She activated the healing of God. She made a withdrawal from heaven into her body and she was made whole. And you know what Jesus tells her? He looks at her and says, woman, thou faith has made you whole. It was your faith that triggered the power. It was your faith that triggered my attention. It was your faith that got me to stop. I was headed to the cross, but somehow I had to stop. And it was your faith that caused me to stop. How many know that faith will get the attention of God? Faith will cause God to skip over a thousand homes to knock on your door. Because you've been believing. You've been trusting. You've been calling upon that mighty name of Jesus. Someone shout amen. Faith, for some reason, it's, it's you know, and, and I want to be clear on this. We, we do not, like, control God. Uh, God does not serve us. We serve God. But there's something about faith that attracts the Spirit of God into our life. There's something about faith that attracts the power of God in our life. In fact, Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, 
it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That's how powerful faith is. It gets the attention of God. It activates the power of God. It activates the favor of God. It causes God to slow down and to shine his face upon you. That anybody who comes to God must believe that he is and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Someone shout amen. Amen. Now I want to remind us as we think about the subject of faith. I want to remind us that Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to remind you, you get more faith by listening to the word. You strengthen your faith by obeying the word. You increase your faith by listening to the word. You strengthen your faith by obeying the word. Are you following along? So if you want more faith, you got to give yourself to the Word of God. In fact, one of the reasons, not the only reason, but one of the reasons why we gather on Thursdays and even Sundays and even small groups is because we're feeding our faith. Like right now, as I preach the word of God to you, you don't see it, but your faith is being fed. Your faith is being increased. God is adding to your faith because the word of God contains faith, and I'm releasing faith into your soul. That's why sometimes you can walk away from church feeling like a a Superman or Wonder Woman. Why? Because your faith has been energized. Your faith has been energized. So let me share with you a practice that I do. Whenever I run into difficulty uh, or a challenge, unless it's an emergency, I don't just automatically run to prayer. What I do is, whatever I'm dealing with that on that season, I go to the Bible and I read what God says about that situation. I read what God says about that particular situation. So if I'm going through a physical illness, right, unless it's an emergency, I don't just run to prayer. What I do is I go to the Bible and I read what God says about healing. And I read that he says he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. I read that the word says I set my word and I healed them. I read that the word says if you ask anything in my name, that's what I'll do. So what am I doing, my brothers and sisters? I'm strengthening my faith. I'm increasing my faith. I'm feeding my faith. So by the time I go to God in prayer, my faith is at its maximum strength. Does this make sense to anybody? My faith is at its maximum strength because I spent time in the Word. I'm I'm reading what God says. I'm I'm soaking it in. I'm eating His Word. My muscles, my spiritual muscles, hello somebody, are getting stronger and bigger. And now when I come before the throne of God, my faith is electrified. So I encourage you to do the same. That's one of the reasons why we come on on Sundays at 10 a.m. or 12.30 is because we're feeding our faith. Uh, That's one of the reasons why we bring our kids to church in the children's ministry. We're not just babysitting in the children's ministry. We're teaching them the word of God. We're teaching them to pray. We're feeding their faith. We're feeding their faith. We're feeding their faith because we know there's going to be some giants in their life that they're going to have to slay. And they're going to have to have some faith to slay them giants. Someone shout amen. amen. Fourthly, effective prayer comes from a clean heart, comes from a clean heart. Verse 16, it says, therefore, confess your sins to each other and then pray and pray and pray and pray. I want you to notice that. So I want to remind us that sin blocks our prayer life. I want to remind us that sin blocks our prayer life. I want to remind us that sin plugs up our prayer life. You cannot, hear me today, and I say this in love, you cannot live in sin, unrepented sin, and expect God to move when you ask him to move. God is not a genie. You cannot live however you want to live, and then when you get into trouble, expect God to show up on your front door. He doesn't work that way. Sin blocks our prayer life. Sin separates us from God. And I want your prayers 
to access the throne of God. I want your prayers to reach the throne of God. I don't want you to be praying and thinking that God is hearing you and all along God is not hearing you. I don't want your prayer stuck in the corner of this building right here, uh, stuck there for years, and you're just going about your life thinking everything is okay, and all along God has not heard you because of unrepented, unconfessed sin uh, in your life. No, if you want an effective prayer life, we have to deal with the sin. We have to address the sin. We got to take out the sin. We got to confess the sin. We got to repent from the sin because Jesus, the Bible teaches this over and over and over and over again. In Psalm 66, verse 18, listen to what it says. It says, if I regard iniquity, which is sin in my heart, the Lord will not hear. The crazy thing is we're still going to pray. The crazy thing is we're still going to think that everything is okay when all along God is not hearing our prayers. And I don't want that to happen to you. I don't want you to live your life with God not hearing you because of some sin that has been tying you down. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear. But Jesus also said in John chapter 9 verse 31, he says, we know that God does not listen to sinners. But he does listen to the one who worships him and does, get this, here's the key, does his will. Does his will. Doing the will of God gets the attention of God. If you do the will of God, God will run with you. But if you live your own life and you're disobeying God, how can you expect God to run with you if you're not running with him? Jesus, or the Bible says in Proverbs 28 verse 9, It says, if anyone turns a deaf ear to my instructions, even their prayers are detestable. Wow. Someone say, ouch. That's hard right there. Got to deal with the sin. Got to confess the sin. Got to repent from the sin. I I thank God for 1 John 1, 9. Uh, 1 John 1, 9 is one of the first scriptures I memorized when I started serving the Lord. And they taught me that this is the uh, Christian spiritual shower right here. And it's, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I thank God for 1 John 1, 9, that when I mess up, I can come to the altar of God and God will alter my heart. I thank God that when I mess up, he says that he's faithful, that as long as I repent, as long as I confess, as long as I'm transparent, and I bring it before the throne of God, and I say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I don't want to live this way no more. Lord, I choose you over sin. As long as I come with a repented heart, God says, you have my ear. You have my power. You have my righteousness. As long as you choose to live for me, I'm there for you. But if you disobey me, If you run the other way, if you live with the world, don't expect me to run with you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Now, here's the last reflection for us today. Effective prayer is passionate prayer. Effective prayer is passionate. And I'm reading the... uh, the, the passion translation it says for tremendous power is released someone say release i need a fresh release of the power of god i said i need a fresh release of the power of god for tremendous power is released through the passionate heartfelt prayer of a godly believer now passion is an intense emotion it's an expression of great zeal passionate prayers also get the attention of god Passionate prayers also open up the windows of heaven. How can we understand the great depths of our salvation and not be passionate for the Lord? I don't understand that. In fact, uh, an old prayer warrior named Ian Bounds said, uh, and I'm going to read you his quote. It says, it is only when the whole heart is gripped with the passion of prayer that the life-giving fire descends. For none but the earnest man gets access to the ear of God. So I want to encourage us today, turn up the fire in our prayer life. I want to encourage us to to turn up the intensity in our prayer life. I want to encourage us tonight to put some to this morning to put some fire in our prayer. I was I was reading 
verse 17. I want to call your attention to verse 17. Listen to what it says. It said, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly. Someone say earnestly. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. He prayed earnestly with all his heart for the weather. He prayed that it would not rain, and God answered his prayer, and the Bible says it did not rain for three and a half years. He prayed with fire. He prayed with heat. He prayed with intensity. He prayed with passion. Two Saturdays ago, I had, my, I had a, uh, an Elijah moment. I had an Elijah moment. Uh, we were preparing for our Saturday night revival in the city of Whittier, and um, all week long, we knew that we were going to be outside because we were anticipating lots of people coming in the room that we're in does not hold a lot of people. So I told the team that we're going to prepare to be outside. And all week long, um, they were suggesting that it was going to rain on Saturday night. All week long, it was suggesting that it was going to rain on Saturday night. I remember I woke up on Saturday morning. I got a text from one of our pastors, and he said, um, they said it's an 80% chance it's going to rain. Uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I said, well, you better, better know how to pray. Better learn how to pray. Because we got no choice. We can't go in the small room. Nobody's going to fit in that room. So we're going to just pray. And we went outside that night. And uh, we were sitting down up, uh, you know, outside. And our guest speaker, Bishop Matt, began to uh, preach. And all of a sudden, I begin to see small clouds gather around us. I want to show you this picture of uh, Bishop Matt preaching. I begin to see these clouds. And um, I was trying to hard to pick... I was trying hard to pay attention to the sermon, but all I could think of was the clouds. And all of a sudden, as he was preaching, it began to get darker. It began to get darker. It began to get darker. And then uh, somebody showed me, sent me a text, sent us a text. And the text read, um, we're going to have to, uh, it's going to start raining right now. And we're going to have to uh, uh, close down the sound system because if the water gets on the sound system, it's going to mess it up. And, and so somebody next to me asked me, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? So I, I shared with them, you better pray. Better know how to pray. And all I can feel was butterflies in my stomach. I wasn't really worried about the water falling on the people because I believe at times we got to press in. And even if we got to worship the Lord in the rain, we worship the Lord in the rain. But what I was concerned was about having to shut down the music equipment. And so my wife was smart enough not to read the, the text. And, and you could see the fierceness in her face. And I looked across at a couple of the pastors. And there was butterflies in my stomach. And I'm, and I'm praying, Lord, hold the rain. Hold the rain. And, and, and God bless Bishop Matt. But every time he would say, let me tell you another story, I would go, oh, oh. And then all of a sudden, this big old cloud came over us. I'm going to show you this picture. This big old cloud came over us, and I was praying, Lord, hold the rain, hold the rain. I never prayed like that in a long time, man, long time. But you know what I was thinking as I prayed like that? That's what serving the Lord is about. I was thinking that that's how exciting it is to serve the Lord. Like, like when we're on the edge, when we're believing God, when we're, when we're trusting the Lord to come through. And if you don't come through, it's going to mess everything up. That's what's exciting about serving the Lord. And so I begin to pray, continue to pray, Lord, hold the rain, hold the rain. I felt like Elijah. And praise the Lord. We went through the whole service. And even though a big cloud came over us, it did not rain. Come on, somebody. It did not rain. Praise the Lord. It did not rain. After the service, we got in the taco line, and all of a sudden, it started to rain. So that tells you about tacos right there. This one sister came up to me. She said, Pastor, it's raining. It's, it's, what are we going to do? And at that time, we already beat the devil. I was, wasn't even trying. I was like, let it rain. Open the windows of heaven. I was already singing. Let it rain. The rain was falling down on my face. It was over. We already beat the devil. 
So my encouragement to us, my brothers and sisters, as we press into this closing this year, let's turn up the fire in our prayer life. Let's cry out in the name of Jesus. Let's believe God to work in our family's life, in our marriage life like never before. Let's anticipate God to move in a powerful way. Can anybody agree with that? Can anybody agree with that? I want to invite us this morning to bow our heads in prayer and meditation. With every head bowed and every eye closed, uh, it is our tradition to have a time of reflection and meditation. The word of the Lord was preached, worship was sang, and now I want to give you a gift to just pause for a moment, and I want us to think about what was it that God was trying to get across to us. I want you to think about what was the message about for you? What was God trying to say to you through this message? With every heart bowed before the Lord, let's close our eyes in a time of reflection and meditation before the Lord. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to us, O Lord God. As we pause to listen. Speak to our hearts, O oh Lord. Father God, we thank you, Father, for this word. We thank you that you come into our lives and our hearts, God, and you empower us and you challenge us, Lord, and you build our faith, God. So with that, Lord, we are excited. For that, we want to give you the honor. We want to give you the glory. We want to give you the praise in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. How many of you guys feel more energized, uh, more recharged, amen? Hallelujah. At this time, we're going to transition to our tithes and offerings, and we get a chance to respond uh, to the Lord, to the, to the Lord and what God is doing here today with the, our tithes and offerings. And how many know it takes faith to give, right? You know, it's not easy. Sometimes they say uh, the last thing saved is our, is our wallet when we give our life to the Lord, amen? That was a joke, but <laughs> uh, as ushers come forward, I'm going to read a scripture in Deuteronomy 16, 17. It says, each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord has blessed you. Here at Chapel of Change, we believe in not equal giving, but equal sacrifice. So this is a great verse to reflect upon as we begin to give. We are able to give four ways up on the screen. We give online, we give through the text or through the mail or in person as we're about to do right now. Also, we have um, someone in the back to facilitate through debit card if you want to give that way as well. And we have a new system where you could give online or by scanning a scan to give QR code. It's in the back. There's a big uh, sign in the back. All you do is uh, put your, uh, your camera on there. A little link comes up and you could give that way as well. I got a few announcements. We have a uh, we have a uh, this Saturday or no this November sixth we have a membership seminar. November sixth, Pastor Martin, if you raise your hand, if you want to know any information, you know he's available right here. You could connect with him to explore a way where you could become a member here at Chapel of Change. There's a difference here at Chapel of Change where you transition from an attendee to a member so come out explore the options come out and ask questions uh that'll be november 6th on saturday 
Also, we're going to have a Thanksgiving dinner November 17, which will be on a Friday. Praise the Lord. We're going to be at that night. We're going to be uh, just uh, bringing a turkey dinner or, or a bunch of food and stuff. So we're going to convert the sanctuary in with the table and stuff like that. So come out and fellowship. We want to bless you that day and celebrate uh, Thanksgiving and all the, the people of the church. Amen. We have young adults, uh, Friendsgiving at Carson Campus, Friday, 7 p.m. See Jake and Elsie for more information. We also have baptisms uh, November 19th and 20th coming up. So make sure to see you, Pastor Martin, uh, or somebody in the back about that as well. If you're interested in becoming baptized, uh, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for the ability to give, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you provide for us, Lord, first, so that we're able to give it back to you, Lord. So I pray that you bless your people as they give, as they worship you with their tithes and offerings, God. In the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. Ushers, are you released? part of the service where we're able to be blessed out in the name of the Lord and also we have our pastors here if you need any additional prayers. Heavenly Father or in the name of the Father who loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us. And in the name of Jesus who was obedient unto death for the shedding of the blood so that we may be healed of our sins and reconciled to him. And in the name of the Holy Spirit who protects us, guides us, loves us and leads us May you go with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. And all God's people said, amen. Be blessed, saints. God bless you.